welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle and Kate Hassett. Hey, hey, hey. Hi. How's it going, Kate? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. There's All Jackson. right. Well, <laughs> there's Jackson. So, welcome everybody uh, to another uh, episode. Remember, we build this uh, so that uh, everything that we bring you is for you to develop your influence in the world. And so, uh, we have a great program, great lineup, great guest today. We're going to be meeting with uh, Spencer X. Smith, uh, fellow uh, musician in the world, and then also a great book author. And he's an influencer and he helps uh, influence folks in the financial space. Let's get to a couple logistics, news and event announcements first, and then we'll uh, jump on with Spencer. So don't forget, uh, play with uh, Kate on uh, social media at GetSocialJack um, and hashtag InfluenceFactory if you want to address anything on the program or if you want some answers or if you want to get connected. So uh, we are always here to support you. Uh, with that being said, uh, don't forget to turn off your cell phone or maybe turn it upside down unless we're addressing a session where we're like, hey, open up Snapchat. Uh, don't forget to uh, take plenty of notes. You're all going to learn something and tune in and you will learn quickly. Now, remember, we're on GoToWebinar. A lot of you have us on the mobile app. A lot of you have us uh, just uh, dialed in on audio. So if you ever need to go on the road and do that, this is a lunch and learn, but depending on where you're at in the world, it may not be lunchtime. Uh, so uh, as you do this, you can simply click on the audio button, you know, the audio section within GoToWebinar, and you can switch to phone call and that will pop up a number and access code like what's up on the screen. Uh, you can also, again, like I said, uh, have the mobile app for GoToWebinar, and you can take us on the road with you. And we always love when you take us on the road. And then we also afterwards produce this on YouTube. Uh, uh, Jackson, what's all of our platforms? We're on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, and Spreaker. Thank you. I don't even know half of those so but anyway we love it when you guys join us on there so thank you and thanks for spreading the love in the world uh, as we all in the world love referrals uh, so with that being said remember you can ask us anything throughout the program we'll do our best to get back to each and every question if we don't for whatever reason uh, we will make sure to address those questions on social media and in the social jack platform so again welcome everybody so real quick i would just like a sense for um where everybody is checking in from today. So in the questions area, just so that we know that we have you, can you type in where you're checking in from? So let's see, we have folks from Chicago, Wheeling, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, where Spencer's from. Uh, we have more folks from Illinois. We have Florida, North Carolina. We have New York. We have LA. We have Canada. Uh, welcome. We have uh, San Diego. We have Mexico. Welcome. Cold and windy city, Chicago. It was pretty cold here today. Uh, and uh, and Florida. And so uh, welcome everybody that's on with us today. And we will continue to, uh, to rock and roll. And this is where you type in, oh, Michigan, welcome. So uh, this is where you'll type in questions for myself, Spencer, and the staff and the team here. So welcome. Uh, Social Jack members, don't forget that uh, we constantly are uploading materials. So forms from all the recent classes are loaded. Uh, you can go in there and and uh, make sure that you update your profiles because we're starting, remember, in March, a matchmaking a lead generation uh, service. It's complimentary to all members where you can go in and actually uh, we'll match you up with other members so that you can generate appointments and referrals. How cool is that? So watch for that in March. Uh, don't forget you get special discount codes. So watch for messages that are coming to you on any classes. And a couple of quick class announcements. Uh, everybody knows tomorrow is our uh, online personal branding and storytelling class, how to rock your digital presence. That is for two hours from 10 a.m. to noon. And yes, it's recorded. Uh, don't forget to go to socialjackflash.com if you wanna see any of these classes. That we have building a powerful social network. We also have uh, business influencer, how to monetize your network. And so those are the next three classes coming up. So we are excited about these. Uh, we have taken our full half day workshop and broken it down so that you can take these in smaller segments. You can sit in a room with your team and we just wanna encourage you to take those, okay? 
So really cool. All right. And it looks like a lot of you are already registered. So I always like to give a shout out and thank you for registering. So real quick, I've got Kate with the news. So let me uh, bring up some news here, Kate. And uh, I love when you report on the news because I learn something every time. So go for it. <laughs> well, because it changes every day. So we're going to start minute. with... Right. Every second. So we're going to start with five things every brand must do to survive and thrive on Facebook in 2018. We've been talking about it the last couple weeks. If you've missed it, Facebook's changing a lot of things in, the, in their algorithm, mostly shifting the focus on your newsfeed away from businesses and ads, which is a good thing. If you're a Facebook user, you love to see more original content, but it can be bad for businesses. So there's a couple ways to make sure that you are seen. And a lot of it has to do with a establishing your online presence and being an influencer. The first one is growing a community of real fans. That means organic posting, not just sharing, not just retweeting. Of course, everybody can do that, but posting your own comments on it. That way it pulls your followers to interact with you. Also on the list is providing value-filled content. We talk about that all the time. The team here at Social Jack pulls the best content for our clients, and you just really need to be looking at what's important to your followers, making sure you keeping, you're keeping them engaged by posting quality content. And then another thing that we always preach is video, especially live video. So if you follow us on Facebook, you saw that we go live before all of our webcasts, before a lot of our events. And that's really important because those are going to be the real moments that your followers want to see. The real you um, that's, you know, the social part of social media, and it's helping to establish your influence and your personal brand. So that's how you can beat the algorithm on Facebook in 2018. And Dean, you're such a, a preacher about live video. So I know that's like right. your favorite thing. We definitely wanted to talk about that. For sure. And uh, two of the other things on here, and again, we always like to keep this crisp, and we will send everybody a link to these articles. But Messenger is a social selling secret. Now we've trained you on it. So most of you, it shouldn't be a secret for, but experiment with messenger. And uh, we showed a few weeks back, uh, we had somebody on that showed us uh, sort of the loot, the cool little things in messenger uh, where you can actually do video chat and there's, you know, gifts you can play with. And there's a whole bunch of fun stuff. You know, I'm a gifaholic, those of you that follow me. So anyway, um, Jackson too, he likes the gifts. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Can't get enough of them. Yeah, right. Oh, Jackson, somebody mentioned that you had your social jack shirt on today. So there you go. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, implement a paid strategy. And I, I'm sure uh, Spencer might talk about some of this coming up, but you have to pay for social. I know everybody says, well, how long should it take? It shouldn't take you guys that long to do this. Uh, what sh it should be free, right? All social media is free. Well, there's a little bit of a myth there. So but we're not going to we're not going to beat that in today. So all right. And then real quick, we have five ways to maximize LinkedIn. What's this all about, Kate? Yeah. So LinkedIn also making a lot of changes, trying to rev up their game. And they finally brought LinkedIn video. We've been waiting for it and it's here, but there's one downside. It's just for people right now, not businesses. So right. that's your personal profile as you advocate for your brand, for your company. Because as you know, video content is 20 times more often shared than just a picture. So get on LinkedIn, post those videos, help maximize your business. Um, another really cool thing LinkedIn is doing is the conference frames. So you got to think yes. of it kind of like Snapchat filters. It's going to be absolutely huge for event marketing. A lot of people, when they came out with it back in July, were kind of thinking like, why is this relevant to LinkedIn? But you got to think about all the business professionals that are at conference, that are at networking events, that are out meeting the world. And they're going to be way more likely to showcase their attendance to your event or to the event, to meeting you if they can do it on LinkedIn. LinkedIn with a nice little frame. So big, big things coming from LinkedIn. We're really excited about that. And also website demographics. Oh, yes. So basically this new tool on LinkedIn is going to help you identify the type of people that are looking at your profile, everything from age to location to job title. So this is going to help us draw in your target audience, find out who you want to connect with, and then make your deals right on LinkedIn. It's just the way to do it now. Deal making is the way to go. And we'll use this. So those of you that are in our classes, 
all these features that we're talking about, we actually teach in the flash classes. So make sure you at least listen to the recording if you can't make the times on those classes. Uh, real quick on LinkedIn video, a lot of you have been in our influence development workshop. So just a quick 60 seconds. Remember we covered media that's inside your profile that's different than media that shows up in your newsfeed. This is where you can talk like we're talking right now and you can actually have this appear in your newsfeed and it's really has a, a lot of high yielding, but make sure no pitching, just provide value. So I just wanna make sure I do that. So, all right, thanks Kate. Uh, thank Kate so much for uh, being on Jackson. Thank you so much for keeping everything running in the back room there. Make sure nobody kicks out that plug, okay? <laughs> all right, so uh, real quick, I have a quick lesson and then we'll get to our guest today. Uh, so um, we just talked about building influence. Now, um, some of us uh, are, uh, you know, doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching. Some of us doing group coaching. Some of you have been uh, participants in our uh, workshops. Uh, one of the things that we always talk about is making sure that knowing and finding your target on social media. <clears throat> so I just want to uh, cover something super quick here is inside LinkedIn, don't forget that you have the ability to find your target, but but I don't want you cold calling or cold emailing. There are some tactics around that. I want you to go the easy route. So anybody, actually who uh, on with us today, uh, can you type on, it, type in here, if you are marketing, sales, or career driven, you know, based on your participation with us. So sales, career, or marketing driven. And then um, based on that, uh, you know, just put this into context because everyone has a target for this. <clears throat> but think about how easy this is. So I want you to think about the easy pickings here. So uh, with uh, your network, you know, if, um, and uh, I will use, uh, let's see, I will use uh, my friend. Yeah, let's use my friend uh, Ellie here. See if I can do this with Ellie. Boom. So you can see Ellie has uh, from McDonald's here and she's been on our show. Uh, so uh, yeah, so clients. Uh, so see connections 500 plus. Well, uh, we announced this uh, months ago, but uh, many of you were asking this question again. As you're looking for sales, the number one most important thing is a referral. Well, you can click on see connections here and I can see connections of Ellie. So as I'm going in here, I'm looking for connections, but I'm not looking for just 369 connections that, that I want to go to Ellie for. I want to target this. So think about the ideal target. And this is where in Social Jack, we want to make sure that you guys are filling out your profiles because if you fill out your profile and we know that you want to meet uh, vice president of marketing or or you want to meet managing partners of a firm, or you want to meet uh, marketing managers, or whoever your target is, rather than just doing it in class and us matching you up with people in class, uh, we want to make sure that that you know how to find these people on LinkedIn and in your networks. So you can merely ask that. So if I want to go in here and say, let's say I just want everybody that's a director, okay? So I want everybody that's a director, they're connected to Ellie and, um, we'll just say that they're uh, information technology, and I see we have eight results. <clears throat> so do you see how easy that was? I basically went to Ellie, I clicked on her connections, I clicked on uh, the title of the person, and I clicked on the type of industry that they're in. And there's other demographics that you can see on here, but please don't forget this feature. It's the easiest way, and then when you meet with Ellie or whoever it is you're talking to, you can specifically pick out and ask for people by name because you can see their entire profile. So uh, so again, we do a quick lesson here, but if you want more deeper diving on this lesson, you can look at the 300 series on Social Jack and you can go to those classes in 301 and 302, dig into this pretty well. And this is called network diving. So with that being said, let's move on to our uh, influencer of the day. So uh, my uh, guest coming up and uh, Spencer, you can go ahead and uh, rock that camera on. And uh, I just wanna uh, say a few things about Spencer as he's jumping on with us here. So uh, I'm excited to have him on. Uh, so he is uh, author of this amazing book, Ratoma, and we're gonna give everybody a link to this book so that you guys can uh, buy it because it is called The ROI of Social Media Top of Mind. And to me, uh, I, I was just, it's its almost like, you know, I read it and I read things fast, Spencer, but I've read this thing a couple of times and it's just chock full of ideas and, and things that are just amazing. So kudos to you. 
Uh, he's a speaker. He's one of our influencers. He's a personal branding expert. So excellent for all of our students out there. Uh, instructor at University of Wisconsin and Rutgers. Uh, principal at Spencer X. Smith. And he can watch sea otters play for hours. And he does not obey the three-day rule. He will pick up the call or call you the next day. And he took up playing uh, drums to rehabilitate. So Spencer, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Dean. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I love having you on. And uh, just real quick, um, I know I ask you this every time. We have so many new people listening in for us. I think that you were an influencer before you realized you were an influencer because you took your garage band and got them to play at Summerfest. Can you just tell a quick snippet of that story? Yeah, for those of us that aren't in the Midwest, a few, very few people actually know that Summerfest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is the world's largest music festival per the, the Guinness books. They've actually validated this, but it's 11 days, 11 stages, 700 bands. So just Dean, through sheer naivete, when I joined a band, I called the Summerfest office and I said, how do we play here? And they go, well, what are you talking about? I said, isn't there some kind of application we fill out or something? They go, no, it's it's who you know, dummy. And I go, oh, it's okay. So I know you. Can you just walk me through the process as to how to do it? And she, this woman is still actually in the business, Stacey Olson of Olson Entertainment Group in Milwaukee. She actually took me under her wing and she goes, okay, well, I would do this and this and this and this. And I did exactly what she said. And so we got to grace the Summerfest stage for the first time in 2003. And that was really a breakthrough in just asking first for honest feedback on what it is that we were trying to accomplish and then just do the things that people ask you to do. Yeah, right on. So it is really all about who you know. It seems as though that's that's the case <laughs> with a lot of these things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our tagline. So I just had to put a plug in there yes. for our tagline. So, um, so uh, you know, since, since you know, we, we both do a lot of personal branding, you know, and um, what's interesting is you're in finance and banking. And like I told you, I came out of Merrill Lynch and I discovered today that Spencer also started at Merrill Lynch. So what a small yeah. world, different uh uh, years, of course, but as personal branding goes, you know, as people are listening to us, what, you know, what are some of the first, you know, steps that you tell people, you know, they're like, they, I want to be a thought leader. I, I want my personal brand to be better. I want to get promoted. What are some of the first things you tell them? I think the first thing is this is going to go back to goal setting 101, but it's actually figuring out who you want to have listening to you and what you want them to do as a result, right? And I feel like it's actually, and I'm gonna use this as a verb, so excuse me, but I feel like it's actually more safe now to niche than ever before, right? Like if you can be the leader of a thousand people who have this red mouse, they'll say, wow, you're, you're, you're exactly for me. I have that same red mouse. And obviously that transcends mice or technology. It would be, well, if you're a marketing director of a community bank, and I start to create all of my content and do all of my speaking around exactly that, I don't have to worry about who I'm not speaking to because those community banking marketing directors will go, oh, wow, that's exactly for me. And so the first thing that people will say, and I know you hear this all the time, is, well, I don't want to alienate that potential audience of those lawyers or those accountants who go, oh, shoot, you know, you said you were for marketing directors for banks. You couldn't possibly be for me. But the exact opposite plays out, man. What I've discovered is the more you actually say we're exactly for you, People go, well, I get it that you operate in that space, but we're very much like that. Do you think you could apply that to us as well? So they'll put that in their own mind if what you're saying is compelling enough and they actually want to take some kind of action on what it is that you had suggested. So it's basically, it feels conversational, right? So it's basically you being the thought leader conversation starter with that ideal target, which is what we just came from as a lesson on ideal target. And I was looking at that and going, oh, I bet, I bet Spencer's going to have something to say about looking for that ideal target. Oh, exactly. I mean, what you had laid out with, with Ellie's profile and saying connected to, you know, her on a second level and then saying those in IT, I mean, that's so easy to ascertain who's in charge of what, where, and we couldn't get that information before. <clears throat> and you know what's interesting, it, and you know, it's, it's uh, as, as we become uh, bigger influencers, more people are coming at us. And a lot of people will say, well, I get a bunch of people that don't know me that are um, wanting to connect to me and wanting to link up. And we know that some of them are sales, but what's your best practice if you're coaching a client? Like, like how do you decide? Because there's only so much time in a day and, and there's so many people. How do you make that choice? That's really tough, man. And, and this is something I, I struggle with, frankly, when it comes to LinkedIn, especially. And some people use it as their de facto Rolodex. And they'll say, look, I'm not going to connect to anyone who I haven't met in person. And I say, okay, cool. But for those of us who want to use it as a broadcast mechanism, 
I think it really behooves you to connect to people as they want to connect with you because they could further amplify your message. Now, you're going to be opening yourself up for spammy messages or people who want to pick your brain over coffee, which seems to be more and more prominent these days. Can I, can I take you out for coffee and you give me free consulting? But I think it's just one of those things where if people understand that the goal perhaps is to get more people to pay attention to you and have more people ultimately think about you rather than not, to have a broader network I think is beneficial. I don't have data to back that up, but at least from gut instinct, I, I try to connect with most people who seem legit. Yeah, good call, good call. Um, what's interesting is I have, we even use this term too, and I have a lot of people that come to us and go, I want to be a thought leader. And it almost feels like jargon, like it's being overused as you're smiling about this. So I'm like, I'm like, what's your take on, on what that means today? Well, it's, it's two big things, two big things. And the, the first is I think a lot more is in people's heads than they put out there digitally. And I think back when I used to be a corporate sales guy, so I used to travel your, your area of, of Chicago, and I'd get out of anywhere between four and six person in-person meetings per day. And after those four to six in-person meetings, I would just hammer the phone, right? I'd, I'd call people or return phone calls. But what I, what I started to do that really had a tremendous effect to me is after I get out to the car after that meeting, I would use this service where I would leave a voicemail and they transcribe it and I'd put that in my CRM. So it'd be, you know, this person sharing his wife's name or the dog's name, or my kid is just going to start school at the University of Illinois, and I should remember those things, right? So what I've discovered, man, is all of us are having all of these customer and prospect interactions, but no one knows that we are unless they're face-to-face -face with us. So the more that we can practice first saying, okay, what could I take away from that conversation I just had that would actually benefit the audience that I'm trying to serve. That's the first thing, it's just practicing content creation. And then how do you propagate it, right? Because it's one thing to say, well, I talked to so-and-so about this, like you can't put that stuff out there. So we have to practice then anonymizing those conversations and speaking in more broad generalities. Like if you're a person who's trying to fix this problem, here might be a consideration based on conversations I've had with other people. That's really just showcasing that you're not making stuff up, A, B, right. you're not repurposing other people's stuff. Like, oh, I heard this on a podcast and I should say it to sound smart. It's I'm actually out in the field having these kind of conversations. And the more I can distill this down into my own words, the more people will then grow to trust me. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, what was coming up for me as you were saying that is I'm thinking about, uh, and I was looking at your does not uh, obey the three day rule. Okay. So let's put some of this together. So, you know, you're at an event or you're having six to eight meetings and those six to eight meetings you're going to meet probably 12 people. It might not just be one-on-one. -on -one. There might be two people at a meeting, depending on the meeting, right? And then you go to an event and you may run into seven, eight, 10, 12, 20 people. Well, again, it's almost like this inbound thing of where you have like a lot of people coming at you. And, um, you know, what's, what's your tactic for when, um, for when you really aren't going to follow up with somebody, you know, you know, so I think this is a problem all of us have is where we're like, oh yeah, let's grab coffee. Yeah, let's do this. That sounds great. And sometimes you use that as an escape to move on to the next person. Yeah. But what, you know, what's your, what's your tactic in that realm? So I actually had this just happen recently. I was out in Southern California just to give a talk for one day. So I flew in the night before the talk and I was going to do it the next morning and then fly back. And so I went on to meetup.com and I discovered just two miles from my hotel was a tech meetup in Orange County where I was staying. And I just showed up there. There were 300 people who had RSVP. There were probably 200 in the room. So I started walking around, didn't know anyone at all, right? But I'm like, there's a bunch of smart people here because tech meetups are, you're always going to meet somebody cool. And so we started having those obligatory conversations and people go, well, you know, what's your story? And I'd say, well, actually, I just flew in from Wisconsin today and I fly out tomorrow. Instead of staying in my hotel room and hammering out emails, I want to actually meet people in person and discover what you're doing. And they're like, wow, that's really cool, right? So what I found, man, is that if people are serious about engaging with you, I would flip it on its head a little bit. And I would say, look, I'd love to share what it is that you're doing at your company with my audience on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever. What is it that I can put out there for you? And that immediately gives me an action point to do something for them and to say, well, I'm going to now move on and have some more great conversations like the one I just had with you. But then from a follow-up standpoint, the impetus is then on them, right? Because ah, you did something yeah. for them. If, if they're serious, you know, whether they're a business opportunity for you or vice versa, I think it's really on them then to showcase that you, you did something for me and perhaps I'll reciprocate or perhaps I won't. But that, that's, I think, a way of vetting, excuse me, vetting if someone's actually serious. Yeah, vet, vetting if they're sincere. And I think this is a, this is a world where you know, you hear about, I, I did a series last year called The Power of Authenticity with uh, some other folks. And I think I think it's going to play even more in, you know, where there's so much 
fake stuff. You hear about fake news, fake profiles, fake things going on out there that people really uh, want to do business with people that are genuine, you know, that are, that are more authentic. Uh, so I think that plays into that where, you know, if that person is serious enough, like you said, they're going to, they're going to bring, you know, they're going to, they're going to follow up. You know, they're mm -hmm. going to bring it back. And then what do you do? Do you do you engage with them? Uh, how do you deliver? Do you deliver on social or do you deliver via email or what's your tactic? It, it depends on the on the ask or it depends on what I offer that person. So with some of these startups, I just offer to tweet about them or follow them on Twitter and then say, hey, hit me up on either Twitter or LinkedIn if there's some specific news that you can offer me. Because I, I feel like that the social platforms are great for bragging about other people, right? But email-wise, I would certainly encourage to do email if it's more of a private conversation or you feel like there's a business opportunity there as opposed to turning to social for that. That's a good call. Thank you for that. So that's a great tip. So um, so now back to this thought leader thing and personal branding. So how do you... Um, how, how do you bridge the two? How, do, how does, you know, I'm going to be a thought leader, I'm going to do these things. And then how does that, you know, what does that look like from a personal brand perspective? Tell us a I little bit about that. I think, I think you practice and see if you're any good at it, man. Because I mean, let's, <laughs> let's face it, like it is, it is a meritocracy, right? Like you have to be good. But I feel like anybody who's out there doing a job, you know, 40 plus hours a week, you're probably getting pretty talented and certainly more talented than the average bear, right? So finding not only what those things are that you can share that are impactful, right? So those conversations we had talked about and how do we then distill those, but then also what you feel most comfortable doing as far as a sharing perspective goes. So some people can pick up their phone and just go live on video right now and they're good, right? And some people just freak out doing that. So whether it's, you know, doing some kind of podcast or doing video ad hoc, doing video proper, or if it's writing, you know, whether it's micro blogging a la Twitter or some kind of short LinkedIn post or macro blogging, you know, saying, all right, I'm going to sit down, I'm write a really kick butt article about this thing that I think people will benefit from. It's first finding out what it is that you want to say and then finding that medium to see if it's actually going to, to work for you. No, that's uh, that's excellent. And what I, um, what I uh, think about in that is that, um, you know, everybody is, it, it, I like the idea of what you said is just, it's just, try it you know just just put yourself out there and see how people respond and i was uh, it was interesting so uh i get this question a lot and please everybody just type in questions that's the benefit of you being part of a live audience here is you actually get to ask things of spencer while he's on uh and and of course he welcomes everybody to connect with him on uh, social media and i have his website up on the screen but uh how many hours a week does it take to become a thought leader <laughs> <laughs> I have no it's idea. It's a loaded question, but people uh, about, ask me about, that, so I want to hear your answer. If I how, about, how about more than a little and less than too much? <laughs> okay. Right? Because, I mean, well, seriously, man, like we, we get this so many times, right? Like the, the, those in the audience, right? I'll ask them, what is the, the actual singular version of the word media? And it's the word medium, right? But people go, should I be on social media? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're talking about LinkedIn, you're talking about 14 different platforms, right? So it's first identifying what kind of time you're willing to commit. And then understanding what success will look like, right? And the big thing, man, we've, we've talked about this before, is that 1% rule of the internet where 90% of people are just lurkers, right? So you're, right. you're actually influencing a lot more people than you know because people just won't comment back. They won't be overt with their feelings to you until you see them in person. Until you see them at that net, networking event, conference, whatever, they go, oh, I see you on social media all the time. It's like, really? I, I had no idea that was the case. But so many people are there because they, they just don't want to respond or they feel like from a compliance standpoint with some of those industries that we work in, like banking and financial services, they can't like or share because that's an implied endorsement. So knowing that people are listening, even if they're not letting you know that they are. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Um, all right. So let's get into a little bit of content. So what type of content do you recommend to best support your personal brand or your professional brand out there? So. I think the the more that we can use this device, right? And so for those that have an iPhone, I recommend this free app from Apple called Clips. And what Clips does is it allows you to take selfie videos, but you can turn on auto captioning and it'll auto close caption as you speak. And what I really like about that, Dean, is, is people can actually monitor what it is they say. You can edit this after you do it, but you can do it ad hoc between meetings, in an airport, in a room before you're waiting for somebody to show up. Because what I like about that is it implies that you're busy, whether it's really true or not. For, for most of those that, that work with you, I mean, of, of course they're busy, right? But to say, you know, I'm in an airport, 
or I'm in a conference room and I just, I had this thought and I wanted to share it with my audience, a little quick snippet, a little quick bite of you, just real like hardcore raw, like this is exactly what I'm thinking right this second, just putting it out there. I think that that overcomes any kind of trepidation people might have as to, you know, is this some kind of smooth edited video that perhaps might just be, you know, you doing 16 different takes and you doing the right version of it. So I think the more we can do ad hoc stuff, especially in video form, the better off we are. Oh, I like that. Yep. And then where, where does blogging play into all this for you? I like blogging from the standpoint of providing content for those who need it that influence your audience. So an example of this, right? We have a, a magazine here in Madison that speaks to the business community. And if you want to buy a sixth page full color ad in that, it's $1,300 for the month. Okay. And if you want the okay. web version, let's say it's 10% of that. And it's based on impressions. So instead of just being like everybody else and starting to buy ad space to talk to your audience that you know you're trying to serve, go to that publication and say, hey, you know what? I know you have a web property. You have a website where you're trying to get eyeballs there because that's how you monetize this through ads. How about I produce some original content for you and you put it in front of your audience? And Dean, I, I have never been told no by anyone to this point. So I'm writing for a law newsletter, I'm writing for a financial services magazine, and I'm writing for the magazine that I just mentioned to you, and it's free. Oh, so wow. it's, yeah, and so instead of saying, I, I want you to you know, say something and I'll give you money to do it, it's like if I can produce something that is content for you that I know you can perhaps use to serve your audience, they'll take you up on it, especially if you can provide them with some writing samples. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, Kate even says that's brilliant. So Kate gives you a shout out. <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, uh, James asks uh, if you could repeat the app related to the iPhone that you were talking about. Yeah, it's called Clips. C L I P S. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. And then Shirley asks, Are you aware if this is available for Android? Not yet. No. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, <clears throat> so uh, one of the one of the other things is. You know, everybody gets uh, overwhelmed with, um, you know, the amount of social media going on and channels. Uh, how do you determine when you're coaching your clients or guiding your clients? Like, where should they spend their time? First, determine where your target audience is. And for the vast majority of people, I would say from a context standpoint, it would be LinkedIn, right? Because if I'm at work and I'm using my work issued company laptop or desktop computer and my boss walks by my desk, which social media platform do you want to be on, right? Yeah, right. That's if interesting. You're on, if you're on LinkedIn, ostensibly you're working. The other one's questionable for sure, right? But as long as your audience is on, on, on LinkedIn, and a lot of those for us in professional services, B2B, et cetera, that, that's a good bet. But the other thing, man, is just identify that opportunity of what time you want to allot first and be okay with doing enough and then leaving. Because what a lot of people do, and this is what Zuckerberg had said a couple of weeks ago, right? He wants to do away from just the mindless scroll. He goes, because people then have a negative association with social media. They go, man, what am I doing, right? I'm just scrolling. It's like, I want people to have meaningful conversations and therefore feel good about the time spent. So instead of going to what the feed would dictate to you or what I would call the trough, right? Instead of going to the trough and just taking whatever they give you, it's like, go on with a purpose, go on with the idea that you're going to share something valuable and then get the heck off the platform. Yeah, I like that. In fact, uh, one of the things we talk about, uh, you'll probably find this amusing, is I noticed that some people would go in, and I've, I've been guilty of this myself in the early days of just feeling like, oh, I have to do my social media, so I'm going to just go in here and like a bunch of stuff. And we call those likeaholics because they're addicted mm -hmm. to the, the, the connecting with someone, but they're really not connecting. It's sort of like when uh, Purdue was beating Wisconsin in the basketball game recently. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to bring that up. I know, I know. We've been doing this for decades, folks, for all my Badger friends. But it's our year is finally this year, I hope. So anyway, but it's like when, my, uh, when Holly comes in and she's talking to me, and I'm like, yes, honey, but I'm really not all there in that conversation. And I, I always, we have this thing in our class called the uh, engagement continuum, which says, well, if you have the intent to build connection and relationship with your audience and, and the people that matter in your audience, you know, likes are just not going to cut it. You need to slow down and be with the people that are in your network and, and pause and comment and reply. And what's your, what's your philosophy on all that? 
I think that's super important, man, because I think likes, especially if you're engaging with somebody who publishes rather often or gets a lot of engagement on their posts, likes are going to get lost, you know, unless somebody actually clicks on the likes to ascertain who it was. But comments, as long as they're meaningful, are really, really important because oftentimes you can offer perspective from the standpoint of what you understand that person said and he or she can maybe reply back with yes that's exactly what i meant or perhaps that's not what i meant let me emphasize that for you so as opposed to just the obligatory comment which would be something like you know great post well what does the author then say back to you like thank you and then what do you say like thank you for thanking me like there's no conversation there right so it's just i think the opportunity to say you know what i took away from what you said is this I really appreciate it. Or could you maybe expand on that a little bit? Because I think more than anything else, we all want to know that people are actually listening to us. And so as opposed right. to just liking something, commenting and showing somebody you're actually engaging with what it is that they wrote is extremely meaningful to that person. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So, um, uh, so I'm going to go into this next section because, um, you know, I want to talk, you and I come from a compliant based industry. You know, you were in financial services. I came out of the tech side, uh, but we all know there's, there's rules and guidelines. And finally, I don't, I don't, you know, I know you started with law firms, right. And then, uh, and now, you know, financial services and banking, and there's a lot of compliance in there. And you and I understand the importance of that. And there's some companies that'll come to you and go, well, here's our boundaries. And then I'll have a training class and I have to ask, what are your boundaries? And I have to shift what I'm going to coach or train them on as you know, um, so if if I'm a financial advisor or I'm even just anybody that's that's uh, you know on the call today, and uh, and and I decide like I feel like I, I, there's too much of me out there. I'm getting out there and I'm getting attention and and I and I'm out there. I want to have a space where I can just be with my friends. So I want to be private, you know, online too. What what's your What's your thought or advice on that? You know, so I have this this public space like a LinkedIn, maybe Twitter, but I want to also be private with some folks. I think it's it's something that as long as you're cognizant of what compliance allows or doesn't allow, then you're good. Because I, I think what, what the underlying question is that you asked is, let's say I, I go on Facebook, right? And somebody starts asking me questions about me being a financial advisor. It's just, it's slippery, man. Because even though your broker dealer, whoever you work with, it probably won't have access to your Facebook profile. All of that stuff can easily be screenshotted or shared or you know something can be completely taken out of context as advice so i think as long as it's innocuous stuff and the same thing applies on the, on the business side as long as it's innocuous stuff you're going to be okay right and so i'm actually looking at several i have several compliance guys here and i can't obviously name these companies but one is 70 pages on social media policy one is seven and another one is 40. So they're, they're, they're crazy long and they basically say, look, here's a bunch of stuff that you can't do. But what I'd ask people to consider is look for specifically at the place where you work, bank, financial services, whatever, look for a user generated content guide. Because that's as opposed to here's all the sterile stuff we're asking you to push the button and, and do. A lot of these broker dealers are now allowing people to take photos at events, say something nice about people at events, um, publish what it is that they've been doing in the community, et cetera. And that's really the stuff that all of us should be concentrating on as opposed to, you know, buy my stuff or here's some great thing that's a feature from our product. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and, and I'm thinking too about uh, today's world where people, uh, you know, let's face, let's just call it how it is people don't feel safe you know let's just talk about even if you're not in financial services and you're just a regular person and it's like i want a place with my family so uh do you think it's appropriate if you're a b2b influencer and you want to just have that private space with um you know with facebook and you you lock that down and you become more private there where it's just you know you and your friends and family uh what's your take on sort of that mix I think I think they can make a lot of sense, man. And regardless if that's you know Facebook or Instagram is certainly a big one for that for people locking down their profiles and Snapchat as well, right? So whatever they feel would be the the easiest from people getting a hold of them and, and sharing stuff that they know is going to be safe to share. I would I would maybe turn to to one of those three that you had just mentioned. And I just mentioned too. Got it. Yeah. Um, so you've been you've been published in a lot of places. Correct. So, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and you always give me ideas. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know they were taking articles, you know? <laughs> so sometimes I just watch my other influencers like you and I get ideas. So thank you for putting that out there. But, um, 
So to our audience, let's say they start writing, they start blogging. What is the what is the journey? Uh, you know, as becoming a thought leader, uh, and maybe they want to become a speaker, whatever their journey is on this. Uh, what is the journey between just the blogging practice and then getting to be published? What does that look like? I think it's just through against sheer naivete. Like when I called Summerfest, it's it's finding those targeted publications, finding who's in charge of the web version of that publication and asking them, you know, whether they, they have a contributor guideline um, page or not, just asking them, look, this is something that I think might be valuable for your audience. Is it okay if I send you a writing sample or maybe you could consider having me you know, publish something about this specific thing? Yeah. And so I can break down exactly how this worked actually. So there's a, a publication from Law Journal Newsletters called Marketing the Law Firm. And so I've been writing for them now for three years. So every two year, I'm sorry, every two, I'm sorry, twice a year, there we go, twice a year I now write an article for them and it goes on, on their newsletter and their newsletter ends up on the desks of the, the biggest 200 law firms marketing teams. So that, that's a really great thing for me to do. But I cold called this person, Kimberly Rice, and who's, who's in Philadelphia, who I've actually never met. And I asked her, you know, Kimberly, how do I write something for you? Because I heard that this is a really great thing that you put out there for people. And she goes, well, I, I don't know, what would you write about? And I said, well, I hear a lot of questions about ROI for marketing directors. Maybe I can do something like that. She goes, that'd be pretty cool. I go, what if I couple that with an infographic? Would that be pretty cool? And she goes, yeah, that'd be nice because people like graphical depictions of you know stuff yeah. that they don't want to read. And so that ended up being on the cover of that first issue that I actually wrote for. So it's just by having the conversation, asking and understanding that these editors are way overworked if they don't have people writing content for them, they have to write it themselves. And it's just knowing that you're gonna get some no's, but asking people ultimately, hey, if I can provide value to your audience, would you at least give me the shot to do that? And they oftentimes will. No, that's that's awesome. And uh, and folks, go ahead and ask some more questions. Uh, Spencer, it looks like we're addressing everybody's need. We're getting a lot of cheers and got it and uh, some good comments in here. Um, so uh, I have to ask, you know, what's your craziest social media story? Uh, man, I don't know if I really have any crazy stories. Gosh, I, I was I was thinking about that before we got on, and I I don't think um, there's been anything that's been too bizarre. But I think the and this is not not crazy, but the accessibility to people now is really bizarre. And this is yeah. I mean, you and I were growing up, right? Like, let's say we we like a baseball player, right? And I'm like, oh, you know, Mark McGuire, you know, Sammy Sosa, you know, really kicking butt that that big right. year where they hit all those home runs. I'm gonna take a Mark McGuire baseball card. And I'm going to send it to him to the Oakland A's and hope he just signs it and sends it back. You know, and if, if you're lucky, you get back 25% of those and you don't even know if the guy actually signed it or not. Right. But right. that idea where we just go on a limb yeah. and say, I'm going to take this thing that has value and just put it in the mail and hope for the best, like to advance that to now and go, well, anybody who's on Twitter, I can pretty much get a hold of them. And if I'm sharing something that right. they <laughs> just did, you know, in an article, or a video or a podcast and I say something nice about them, they probably will reply. That's right. wild, man. So I've had conversations with Tim Ferriss, you know, Neil Schaefer, like right. guys that are just really, really, you know, big names, but they're not too big to have one-on-one -on -one interactions on Twitter because I feel like that's where everybody ultimately has some level of accessibility. And you can take the next social selling step and just book a call with them. They'll actually do that. It's <laughs> what yeah, blows me away. It's like, really? They'll, they just did that, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's a great thing. So I hope everybody heard that. So accessibility. Uh, Shirley asks, uh, if you had uh, to choose one social network besides LinkedIn and the B2B world, what would it be? Twitter. Twitter for sure. Uh, the, the reason I say that is every journalist is on Twitter. And every journalist who, and I don't think we've talked about Help a Reporter Out on this on this video cast before, but Help a Reporter Out, which is HARO for short, it's a free yes. service, man. And it's um, it's the way that I got to know Cheryl Connor from Forbes, and now there's been three times that I've been in Forbes for that. But if you go to HARO, you're going to find a bunch of people who write for Forbes, Chicago Tribune, Time Magazine, and they go, look, I'm going to go to press with this article. My editor tasked me with writing about Bitcoin, and I know nothing about Bitcoin. But I'm going to write an article based on my research, and then I have to back up what I said with an authority figure. Right. Okay. So I go to this service as a reporter, and I say, I'm looking for somebody to quote about this. Can you be that person for me? And what I think is really cool about this, Dean, is it's an opportunity, first of all, to get a conversation going with somebody. But if they don't even know you, that's, that's fine. Because what you know then by way of somebody turning to the public to get quotes for their piece is they don't have a stable of sources on whom they can rely. 
So they're probably looking for sources on other stuff too. So hit them up on Twitter, say, you know what? I saw your Haro query about Bitcoin. I'm not an expert on Bitcoin, but I know all there is to know about blockchain in the upcoming um, infrastructure that will be happening with electrical grids or whatever right. it is that you know. Right. And that, that's a really good opportunity to help people out that know that they have this ongoing deadline that's just constantly cranking. If you can say, look, I can help you produce a piece that's going to be valuable, um, Twitter, I feel like, is the best way to do that. Yeah, good good call. And I told you, I just stepped into the blockchain Bitcoin world. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was just within three or four connections. I literally have access to thousands of thought leaders in there. But I do like Haro, so Jackson will include that link for everybody. But Kate, that's a good one uh, to note as well. H-A-R-O. Uh, so um, I know we've used that in the past, and uh, that's a good one to pay attention to. Uh, the other thing... Um, Julie asks, is, uh, uh, do you blog about uh, the drums and the personal side of your life? I, I don't. I don't. I, um, for me, a lot of it blends. A lot of the business and the personal blends because I talk a lot about how to get speaking gigs and what you do when you're going to speaking gigs and how to make conference organizers look good. And for me, that's, that's very personal. Um, I did blog a little bit about the drums and I speak about the drums in this sense. Will you indulge me for just a sec, man? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the, the way I learned to play drums is I, you know, you said at the bottom, I took up um, playing drums to rehabilitate. I blew out my, my knee playing soccer. So I couldn't right. really pick up my, my right foot and do much with it. So I started in, in the car going between appointments. I started playing drums with my left foot, which would be the, the foot that doesn't do any kind of gas or, or brake right. stuff. Right. So I developed the coordination there, but then when I sat down in my drum kit, I'm a right footed kick drummer. And all the coordination I built with my left foot then transferred to my right foot, which is really weird. Cause I'm like, why would that be? But then when you think about it, this applies to everybody who's on this call with us right now. So here's what I'll ask you, right? You, you have this thing where you type on it on your laptop or on your, on your desk and your thumbs, Dean play along if you could, your thumbs hit what? You're, well, you're, uh, so when you're, you mean when you're uh, tapping typing on, a key, ty typing on a keyboard? And so when you're oh typing yeah, your thumbs yeah, yeah, yeah your, your thumbs, thumbs don't hit anything. Well, they hit the they hit the baseline of the keyboard. They hit the space bar, right? Yeah, the space bar, right? Okay, oh, so you're right. Who, yeah. Okay, so who taught you to type? Uh, high school. High school. Okay, so it's safe to say that you went from not being so good at something to getting pretty darn good at it, right? So you couldn't right. type, and you got good at typing. So with this thing, this phone, right? What are your thumbs hit on this? Everything. <laughs> Yeah. So your thumbs. <laughs> the keyboard. Oh yeah, the whole keyboard is thumbs, right? But who taught you to who taught you to text? Nobody. No, your your body just goes. What I used to do like this, I just do like this, and so it's it's transference, right? It's, it's muscle trans transference. Oh yeah, muscle so, memory transference, right? So yeah. along those lines, man, like anything that we practice. So however we distill our thoughts into whatever mechanism we want to broadcast, the better you get at it, right? Because the number one thing, and I know you guys hear this all the time, what's the next up and coming social media platform? It's like, I have no idea, Nobody but there's all of these things now where all these people are paying attention. Why not go there first, practice, and then when the next best thing comes along, all you can do is just transfer those things. Like, oh, this is just like Twitter, except it has more GIFs or GIFs or whatever you call them these days, right? So, right. but people are constantly waiting for that best opportunity as opposed to practicing. So the more that we practice typing, inevitably when that next smartphone comes along, all of our muscle memory will just transfer to that new platform. Yeah, that's, wow, that's uh, that's cool. I never even thought about that. You know, well, you know what I always thought about, and not to get off uh, base here, because we only have a few minutes left, but I always wondered how, you know, Def Leppard, it wasn't at the one-armed drummer, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. how did he do that? Because I, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine putting one arm behind my back and, and <laughs> hitting all my beats. <laughs> but you figure it out, right? You just figure yeah. it out. Exactly um, right. Okay, so uh, what's your favorite tools for for sort of you know as we're getting our thought leadership out there and we're becoming influenced what are your favorite tools to use bitly so I, I use bitly a lot because what bitly does for those that are, are listening i'm sure people have, have seen this before but bitly is just a link shortener but more than just a link shortener it allows us attribution wise to see who's clicking on what so a good example of this, right, is if you use a, a, a link shortener like Bitly and say, I'm going to put out a blog article or a video or a link to really anything at all, you can then track attribution-wise where people are coming to see this piece of content. So a real-life example of this, let's say you write a blog post that you put on your website. Right. You shorten it with, with Bitly. You put that out there on LinkedIn, 
Facebook and Twitter, and Bitly is going to aggregate all that data for you, and it's going to say, well, 90 visitors came from Facebook, 162 came from LinkedIn, and 43 came from Twitter. But then it also has this other part that it's called dark social. And this is where people didn't click directly on the link from the social platform, but they either copied the link and emailed it, or they texted it, or they did something that would normally get lost in the analytics that we have on a platform. So if you put something on, on Facebook, it's gonna say you got X amount of clicks, but Bitly is gonna say, hey, you know what? You actually had a lot more people go to this because they didn't right. use that button on Facebook. They shared it, or they emailed it, or whatever. So it gives us a lot more and better data as to people actually utilizing what it is that you put out there. You just don't know that they're going there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think that I think that takes care of all of our questions. And then, you know, I'm always thinking about I want to make sure that everybody starts to wire this in. And, we'll, you know, uh, Spencer will tell you how to get his book here in a minute. But I want everyone to type in, you know, of all the things that you heard today and you learned today, we always like to ask our folks to apply one thing. You know, like what's the one thing you're going to put into action? So I want people to start typing that in. I'm always curious to make sure we we get people plugged into this. Uh, we'll announce our winner in a minute, which is always exciting. Uh, so I'd like to invite the rest of the team on. And thank you again, Spencer. We learned so much. So if they go to spencerxsmith.com, can they order the book right from there? Yeah, yeah. It'll send them right to Amazon and they can, they can order it from there. Yeah. Okay. And you have some pretty cool uh, downloads as well, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we've taken three of the concepts from the book and turned those into worksheets. So this is this is not going to show up on the slide, but if people text um, six six eight six six, that's the short code is six six eight six six, and they put in my initials, which is X X S, so Sam X Ray Sam. I'll send them those three PDFs as a, as oh, a thank. Oh, there you go. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. And then Jackson will uh, send that out as well. Um, and then uh, next week. Uh, next week, we have uh, Mary Rodriguez from Microsoft. She is the one that has, uh, have you ever met uh, Mary uh, Spencer? Just on the Social Jack uh, video cast. It was she and I, and then um, Ellie, we're, we're all on with you. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah okay. And I always forget who gets uh, to connect up with who, but she, she's, she went from social media to chief like storyteller of helping uh, engineers and everybody behind the scenes uh, tell stories. So I'm always excited to have her on. Um, so super cool. So um, so everybody is flooding us in terms of things that they're going to do. So I want to uh, thank you again, uh, Spencer, because uh, everybody took away so much from this session. So as, um, as, as we're moving on here, I just want to know that... Um, uh, to make sure that as each and every person uh, that's on with us today, if you think about things or you have questions for Spencer, please hit him up on social media. Uh, also, you know, you can go to Get Social Jack and, and hashtag Influence Factory and reference the show. Um, and don't forget, uh, uh, oh, I want to announce our winner. Thank you, Jackson, for that. Um, so, Jackson, who's the uh, most engaged person on with us today? Always curious. Uh, today it was uh, Shirley Miller. Shirley, uh, congratulations. So, sure. Yeah, so uh, here's the thing. So we're giving out, um, we give out Starbucks gift cards. And here's what we ask Spencer is that when people get our Starbucks gift card, that they take something that they learned here today, uh, an engagement technique, social selling technique, uh, but they also take that and, and use that technique to book a coffee with someone and then use that gift card. So it sort of wires the power of engagement and the cool things that they learn from us. So that's our uh, that's our cool thing. So don't forget, folks. Uh, many of you are part of our influence development program, and we uh, we love uh, you know helping people out. We have a ninety day program to take you from wherever you're at to wherever you want to go in in that space. So please uh, uh, hit us up if you're interested on any of that. And then uh, last but not least, uh, we just want to make sure that you connect with all of us because if you engage, you're going to win, right, Spencer? I mean, think about that. It's the name of the game is engagement. I love it, man. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So from all of us here, uh, from Madison to Chicago, to all of you out there, we want to thank everybody for being on with us. Uh, and thanks again, Spencer, for joining us. And from the whole team here in Chicago, we look forward to seeing everybody online being amazing influencers. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you on the next show. Take care. Thank you. Bye.